Hey, I'm Kevin, the student pastor at Shore Church again. Thanks for listening to our message. We strive each week to bring you relevant, practical, biblical teaching that meets you where you are. To find out more about us or what's going on at the church, head on over to scog.com or download the app. Hope you enjoy the message. All right, we are continuing our series, Stories, this morning, where we are examining the different ways in which Jesus told these amazing parables to teach life lessons. Uh, Really, he uses these parables to kind of illustrate maybe more points of what's going on in the Sermon on the Mount. These are his object lessons, if you will, where he takes the everyday objects and kind of turns them around and it makes people examine them so to teach them something deep about what's going on spiritually in their lives or in the community's life. Today we're talking about the parable of unleavened bread, uh, yeast in the unleavened bread. It's a very uh, kind of interesting parable for us to look at today. It's an interesting story for us to look at because, I mean, maybe you've picked up making your own bread during the quarantine. Uh, That was something I was like, Cal, I kind of want to learn how to make bread. And then I quickly realized that if I started eating or making bread, I was going to start eating bread and I was going to gain a ton of weight. So we, we, we X'd out the idea to my chagrin. I really wanted to do it, but, um, so I didn't learn a new life skill and that's okay. But, uh, we don't really leaven our own bread, right? We don't work with bread. We go to the aisle and we pick out the white, the wheat, the, the rye, whatever we want, whatever flavor we want. Do we want nuts in it? Do we want a little honey in it? Do we, however, the huge amount of different bread choices that we have, we get whatever we want. We don't think about it. It's just always there. Well, bread in ancient times is a total different animal. It is a total, it's never an animal, but you get what I'm saying. It's, it's a totally different thing, right? You have to deal with uh, bread as the source of sustenance. It is a big deal to have bread. It is um, a portion of the major portion of your calories that you're getting in a day. It is it is the thing that sustains you. And so having this, this idea of bread and leavened bread and understanding what unleavened and leavened bread would have been, would have been a very easy thing for people in ancient times to understand. So this parable hits them right where it's at. Everyone understands bread. Everyone wanted to know the smells of mama's famous, you know, whatever recipe she had to making bread. Everyone, all those things would have clicked into their heads. And who knows, if Jesus is telling this, this story about unleavened bread, there might have been a woman or the baker's just across the street and everyone's smelling the bread baking. Hopefully you can start to kind of follow me in that. If you had pancakes this morning, you know how to get everyone out of bed. They start, the smell of bacon or pancakes starts wafting in the house and groggy children start coming downstairs because it's, it's just that, that heartwarming feeling and smell. And, and Jesus is tapping into this when he says this little story. Matthew 13, 33. He told them about an, a, another, still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into 60 pounds of flour until it worked all the way through the dough. Now, 60 pounds pounds of flour. This woman is the town baker. She is not messing around. Uh, 60 pounds of flour, working yeast into that would have been a monumental task. She would have been feeding the whole village with that amount of, uh, of dough. So uh, that's a huge, huge amount of dough that's being used here. Uh, let's not not kid ourselves with this. But what happened in this time, today if you make, I learned a ton about bread making in this last week. 
uh, studying for this, I learned a ton and a bunch of YouTube videos about how to knead bread, how to make bread, how to, oh man, it was a rabbit hole and now I feel like I'm a, I'm a master at bread making. However, I've never even made one loaf. But uh, back in ancient times, when you would start to do this, you would take off basically a starter. If you have like the Amish friendship bread, it's the ty- same type of thing. There's a starter of yeast from something else that you would, you would uh, cut away, and it had the yeast that's fermenting, that's growing. Uh, yeast is a bacteria. That's a, it's kind of a good bacteria that um, they would keep. And you would shove it into this flour, into the new dough, and you'd start working it back and forth, working it back and forth, working it back and forth, working it back and forth. And you'd smack it and you tear it apart, put it back together again. And you just keep on ripping at it, ripping at it, kneading it, kneading it, kneading it, uh, working the dough because you wanted that small portion that had the yeast in it to get its little bacterial fingers all throughout the dough. And what that does is it, it does some serious Uh, chemical changes to what the dough can do. Without the yeast, all that dough, all that flour is basically a cracker. It's a pita bread or or even less than a pita bread. It's hard. It's it's the communion wafers that we eat uh, sometimes. It's um, the matzah bread that we eat at at Easter time. It's not very flavorful. It's kind of like a big saltine, if you will, probably without the salt. And that's not very fun to eat. But once you start interjecting that yeast into it and you knead it all the way through, you get a big, fluffy, sourdough loaf. And that's probably what the ancients were eating when they were eating leavened bread is something closer to our sour dough. And that's very interesting to me, like this, those big air pockets. That's from the yeast and the gases that the yeast has expanded. And it's making it light and fluffy as it works its way all the way through the bread. Unleavened bread would always be around. In fact, it's, you know, it's required by, for some Jewish um, festivals and whatnot. But unleavened bread is like the, the fast food bread of the ancient world because all you need is a really hot rock or an oven. Um, you could just make your campfire, throw it, put a rock inside of it, pop the rock off to the side, throw some of your unleavened bread down and it's going to cook really fast, kind of like a pizza oven uh, would today. And so you could just peel it off. You have your snack to go, and you're good, and you're good to go. But leavened bread was the treat. It was the thing that made everything taste better, right? It was the centerpiece. These people did not eat very much meat, and so you'd want your calories coming from this bread. But kneading this bread and working it through, you would have understood this. This would be like hearkening back to people's childhood memories, how they understood life just growing up. Like for me, if, you, if I hear the sounds of my mom putting uh, mashed potatoes in her mix master, and I hear that whine of the engine, the and there's just a certain cadence and sound, and my mom going, oh, when she splashes butter on herself, um, that there's a certain cadence to it all. And if I start thinking about it, I start smelling it, I start hearing those sounds, I start to salivate. I'll start thinking about mashed potatoes. And Jesus is doing the same thing in this moment. He's making everybody think about their mama's bread. He's, he's making them all think about the stuff that they love, that they shared over meals, that they shared together in community with each other. And so this is why this, this story is so powerful to understanding 
what Jesus is trying to teach us about the kingdom of God. I've got a little video here I want to show you about uh, kneading bread and making bread, and I think you'll find it cute uh, this morning. Right. Um, I had all kinds of different videos of, of people kneading bread and doing all this stuff, but I thought the kids playing with it was just the best, going through the whole process of, of grinding the flour and, and sprinkling stuff. And uh, I'm just glad I wasn't on dish duty in that house uh, today, right? Uh, maybe you all are thinking the same exact thing. Maybe your kitchen looks like that because you had a, a, a kid-centric meal prep. But Still, you got to see the kneading, you got to see the mixing and the stuff and the goo coming out and working its way all the way in, you know, really getting deep into the dough to make that yeast go all the way through it. And that's, that's what I wanted you to be able to capture this morning is that, that working. If you look at, um, you can YouTube your own videos of, of bread kneading now because I know you're all interested, but you can look at it and there's some things that Bread kneading is a lot alike. And back in ancient time, it looks almost exactly like how you prepare clay to be made into a, uh, a pot. And so you, you're actually doing the exact opposite in clay making. You're, you're pushing it through um, the clay so that all the moisture is equal through it and there's no air bubbles in it. Well, when you're doing that with bread, you're, you're pushing it through so the yeast can get all the way through uh, the bread and, and, and make it lighter and fluffier and taste better. And so that's what you're doing. It's the same pretty much motions, though, of this continuous stretching, 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 put it back together, stretch it, stretch it, let it sit for a little bit, stretch it, stretch it, let it sit for a little bit, stretch it, stretch it, and rinse and repeat. Well, don't rinse, but repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat. And so that's what, what we're doing here. There's, there's a pull, there's a tug, there's, a, there's a, a tension in the moment of the yeast being pushed all the way through here. It also reminds me of what my, my daughter Kendall looks like when she makes her own slime especially when these kids were, were in it, right? I don't know if you have a child who's in, totally invested into slime. Kendall is all the way in it. She can make glow-in-the-dark slime. She can make blue, purple, green slime. She's got special, like, additives that she can throw in the slime that has glitter or beads or in, stuff inside it. I, it's her thing. She loves making slime. And I'll be hanging on the couch, watching some baseball, taking a nap, doing whatever, and all of a sudden I hear this, 
And it's just the weirdest noise. And I'm like, what in the world is this? And it's my daughter playing with that slime. But it looks exactly like kneading bread. I don't know if it's a stress relief. I don't know if it's something that's kind of hardwired into our DNA from thousands and thousands of years of making bread and using clay for, for pots. But it's the same thing. It's, it's just messing with it, messing with it, messing with it. And out of it comes something you know, fun and, and, and beautiful. In this kingdom of God type idea, we have to examine what Jesus is looking at. What, what is he, why is he telling this story? What does this mean to you? What does it mean to me? Because as we examine this, we're like, what, what are you talking about? We're like yeast. We're like bacteria, God? What, why, are you, why are you calling us names? Like, what, what, what is that about? And really, it's this, this ability to permeate a different structure and add flavor, to bring lightness, to make it palpable, to make it taste better, to, so that it may bring more enjoyment to the people around it. That's what yeast is doing into a dense you know, brick of flour. It is making it so much better, so much more enjoyable. And as us, as members of the kingdom of God, this is our mission. This is our call. This is who we're supposed to be, who we're supposed to be like, like this yeast that works its way in, works its way in, works its way in. Now, I often have kind of interpreted that as like, yeah, 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 I need to, uh, the, the parable right before this is the parable of a mustard seed that grows into a big tree. And Okay, great. I need to be like the yeast. And yeah, I will affect people around me. And I didn't really understand that, didn't really grab a hold of it. But what the yeast does is it is, as the Lord in, in this moment would be the baker, baker, as he kneads us in, as he pushes us and tugs us, which would be the tensions in our life. We all have relationship that there's tension in, right? Relationships do not grow. They do not get stronger. They do not get better. They do not have more influence in our life if we don't have tension with them. If it's people that you're like, oh, that's great. That's nice. They're nice people. I like being with them. But there's never a tension moment where we have to choose to either get closer or grow far apart. There, there's not a tension moment where are we going to deal with this issue or are we just going to push it on the rug? If there's not that tension, there's never any growth. And Jesus is calling us to be, moment, to be yeast in the moments of those tension. In those moments of tension, we get to be who we are called to be if we live our lives according to the Sermon on the Mount. How we handle our temper, how we handle our lusts. Are we men and women of integrity? How do we live our lives of prayer and generosity? Who are we in those moments? Because in those moments of tension, it will reveal our, our true heart conditions. And so when we are stretched out, when we are pulled, when we are needed, we get to start to be the kingdom of God in those moments. And this is where the, the call on our lives to be the kingdom of God, our mission is revealed in how we get to be on mission. I think in our present time, in our moment of COVIDness, right, in the quarantine, there's this unique tension going on where I don't want to be on mission. I want to be in my living room safe and away from everybody else. But there's this moment, I was talking to a police officer this week, uh, and they were talking about how everyone is just at their max level of stress. And so it doesn't matter what it is, if it's a broken taillight, if it is something 
bad at home, if it's whatever it is, every police officer, when they enter into a conversation with someone, has to be on their toes because they don't know how close that person is to flipping their lid. And maybe you've noticed this. Maybe in a checkout, uh, as you walked around, maybe you're someone who's, I know, I know when my lid's getting ready to blow. Like there's just this unease I have, and I'm like, I'm too close. I need to go get a nap. I need to do something to escalate but there's so much stress on me that I just I don't know how to, to deal with that. I'm getting closer, I'm getting closer, I don't want to be there. And that seems to be, it's not just a you thing, it's not just our church thing, it's not just a Shorewood thing, it's like an everywhere thing. If we check out the news, if you read a blog, if you check out Facebook, whatever it is, there's, it's, everyone is just getting closer and closer to that lid, and, and it comes out when, when school says, hey guys, you can't have your kids here for the first eight weeks. What do you mean? Oh my gosh! And we like overreact because the school's trying to protect our kids from getting COVID. Like, that's... Like, I understand it's difficult. It's a mess. It's a mess. We can all agree on that. But, man, it's, it's a mess. And we react like we're, our lives are ruined because of it. And maybe you and I have been tripped up by something silly. Somebody cutting you off in traffic or, you know, Amazon not, not delivering your widget whenever the, you, they said they were going to deliver it. Uh, whatever that may be, just you're like, oh, I am. I'm, I'm just right on the edge. Who are we going to be in those moments of tension when we're being pulled? Because those are the opportunities that we have to step into our community and be the yeast and be able to be working all throughout, to make light, to make it tasty, to to make it better. And that's who we're called to be as the community of God, that we make the situations around us better, more lively, that we help, we don't hurt we encourage, we don't hinder. Those are some thoughts for us today. If we are to be the kingdom of God, do we make life better? If we are to be the kingdom of God, do we make life better? Do we? Like, honestly, this week in your life, have you made the people around you better because of who you are in Christ? Because if you're following along in the Sermon on the Mount and how you deal with anger and, and lust and greed and how you, how you prioritize your time, like you will make people's lives better if you live by that. So if you're stepping in the kingdom of God and in these moments of tension, are you living that out? Do you make life better? Because we're called to be that. We're called to be the yeast that makes the bread better. That's our mission. When we say we reach, grow, and serve the community, how do we do that? We do those, that in the moments of tension. That's why life groups are so beautiful. Life groups aren't good unless there's tension. If everyone goes to a life group, either on, online or in person, and everybody's like, yay, we are the best, and everyone's great. No one's real. No one has an issue. No one's got problems. And people don't step into those issues and say, hey, I'm here for you. I might not have the answers, but I'm here for you. Or this is how I've handled it. Or this is how I handled it poorly. If we don't step into those moments of tension, we're not, we're not growing. We're not being the kingdom of God. Second thing, if we are to be the kingdom of God, are we doing the hard work of being everywhere? If we're doing the kingdom of God, are we doing the hard work of being everywhere? Now, this can be taken the wrong way that we've got to be 
doing all things and we've got to be super, Superman and, and, and we're the Messiahs and not God. That's not what I'm talking about in this moment. What I'm talking about is I get incredibly comfortable in my comfort zones and I am really good at keeping the kingdom of God where I'm comfortable. Like, I'm an excellent Christian when I'm at church. Except that should be where I'm an excellent Christian. There shouldn't be that much tension on me having to prove, you know, be a good Christian at church. That's not how this goes. But if I'm out in the community, if I'm with uh, other people, if I'm going to different people's houses, if I'm uh, having conversations, if when I'm at work, those are the moments where it's difficult to be the kingdom of God doing the hard work, right, of everywhere. I don't get to just select the portions of the dough like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be light and fluffy here, but I'm actually going to taste pretty bad over there, or I'm just never going to go there. And so what Jesus is talking about is, no, 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 you got to permeate all 60 pounds. The, the food for the whole village is who you are supposed to be. And that changes things for me. I got to work on that and examine that in my own life. Am I being the kingdom of God in my own select corners? Do I struggle with being, being a follower of Christ at home where I'm safe? Some of us, that's, we put on a good show when we go to church, but then when we get home, we just, we lost it. Some of us, we, we do go, we do a great job at home, but at work, we're a completely, completely different person. Maybe it's with our friends or while we're doing our hobbies. I, I don't know, but how do we do that? How do we let it permeate our whole lives? So that's where we got to find ourselves. And that's the hard work of being needed. Like I said, when they need the bread, it's in the tension. It's in the tension and the pulling and the reshaping that the growth happens, that all the flavor is added, that the beautiful things happen. If we're to be a kingdom of God, do we make our surroundings lighter and tastier? I don't know if that's proper English, but you guys understand what I'm saying. Do we make things better by being there? Do we make things better? Like, there at Southern Cafe there is a certain Belgian waffle. And apparently this one part of Belgium makes these waffles this way. They actually, in the batter, they put little sugar crystals. And so when you bite into the, the waffle, all of a sudden you have this explosion of awesomeness in your mouth. It's, it's amazing. And uh, no royalties from uh, Southern Cafe today, but they have takeout menu is open. Uh, so <laughs> Southern Cafe does this. What does it look like when it's us? as the kingdom of God, are we bringing, like when you take a bite of life and you go, what was that amazing, beautiful texture? What was that amazing, beautiful taste? What made this moment better than the last moment? Is it because of you and your interaction with people? Do you make the, your surroundings better? Whether that's at work, whether that's at home, whether that's at play, whether that's at church, whether that's on whatever kid's sport team you're doing, do you make the surroundings better? And that takes some hard looking at ourselves because if we're not making those better, what are we doing? We're to be the salt and light in the world. Those are two things that make things 
better, if we're supposed to be the yeast that works its way through the whole community to bring lightness, to bring taste, to take the dense thing of unleavened bread and make it beautiful and wonderful and soft and enjoyable. That's hard work. And just like the kneading of dough, it's in that tension that we get to be who God has called us to be. Far too often, I think church and being a Christian has been the dense, heavy stuff. We've thought about it and we go, oh, man, you just, yeah, got to go to church and got to be, got to be serious and got to be heavy. When Jesus is telling this parable, he's like, hey, you are like the yeast that makes bread wonderful. That's how we live our lives and how we should conduct ourselves, what it means to be a Christian. In this time of, of pandemic, it's difficult to bring uh, lightness to any situation. But how do we do it? How do we start to share each other's burdens? How do we do that? Because there's plenty of tension out there. There's plenty of opportunities to actually be the love of Christ and the hands and feet of Christ in people's lives right now. If we just look outside of ourselves, it's, it's difficult. I know this is really difficult to do because it's so easy to start thinking about my own world and my, how am I going to deal with this and how am I going to deal with that and this and that and what am I going to do? 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 do? What am I going to do? When in fact, it's an opportunity. Everything is labeled with just so much opportunity, 60 pounds of opportunity for our yeast to work through the dough. Everything's got an opportunity right now to show Christ to our friends, to our neighbors, to our family. Maybe loving your neighbor is wearing a mask. Maybe loving your neighbor is having a hard conversation. Maybe loving your neighbor is listening to them vent. Maybe loving your neighbor is going outside of yourself to do something for someone else. There's all kinds of opportunities right now. And there's a tension in the world. There's this moment going on right now where we can get incredibly selfish and we have the the biggest excuse we've had probably in our lifetime to be insanely selfish. I've got to protect mine. I've got to protect my kids. I've got to protect, I've got to protect, I've got to protect, I've got to protect. When in that same moment is the huge opportunity to love people well. And so we need to examine our priorities, examine how we're conducting our life. Maybe you need to write down a list of of the decisions you're making. I'm telling you to be responsible and be respectable and and, and do all the things you need to do with, with health consciousness, but we can still be very, 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 very great, amazing neighbors in this moment at this time. And that may be to your family members, that may be to your own family, that may be to your spouse, that may be to your parents, that may be to your actual physical neighbors to the right and to the left of you. I don't know what that means for you, but we have to consciously think about getting outside of ourselves, not just staying in our little, little ball, but consciously working through the tension throughout the whole dough, our whole community. This is an opportunity we're going to look up back on. 
here at the church, we're dreaming about different ways in which we can maximize uh, this opportunity. It's a difficult. I mean, the very way in which we do church is different. You guys are sitting at home. I'm standing in a room by myself. It's different. But that doesn't handcuff God. He's not surprised. He's not worried. He's not going, oh, no, I don't know how the kingdom of God is going to survive 2020. It's not on his worry list. Actually, there's nothing on his worry list. But that's not on his, on his radar of, of, oh, no, the church isn't going to survive. It may not look like it did previous this year. But there's opportunity, and there's opportunity, and there's opportunity, and there's opportunity for us in the tension to work throughout the dough, to work throughout the community. I'm dreaming about what those things are, trying to pray through what, what, what are our opportunities, God? What, what do you want us to do? How do we do this well? I want to invite you to dream about that, to pray through it, to, to work through it as well. Because I guarantee you, if you start praying for opportunities for you to be the kingdom of God in your community, God will start to show you, start to give a burden to you on your heart to say, this is where you're supposed to be. You're going to see opportunities come up in your life. That you, I've never even thought about that. And that's not just local to Shorewood. We have people watching from all, from all kinds of different states and, and all over the, the country that you have that same mission no matter where you are at. To work through the dough of your community. To be salt, be light. To bring lightness and flavor wherever you go. This moment we get to choose. Are we going to be defeated and cranky or are we going to seize the opportunities? Are we going to be defeated and cranky or are we going to seize the opportunities? For me, in my house, I want to seize these opportunities. I want to jump on anything that, that can help me love the community better. So I hope you will see that in your moment. Wherever you're at this morning, maybe you've been kind of defeated this week. You've got a lot of pressures on your life. You've got a lot of tension going on. And you feel like you're just being stretched to the breaking point. And that stretching is the moment in which you get to choose to be the kingdom of God to rely on God for your strength, to rely on God for your peace, to rely on God for your patience in those moments. Folks, this can be a terrible, frustrating, rough time in our life. It can also be one of the most fruitful, beautiful, life-giving times in our life. What are you going to choose to make it? Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today, and thank you for this time and this moment. Lord, I ask you to make us like the yeast in this dough, that, that we would recognize who we are and what you're about when we are stretched, when we are pulled in different directions, that we would grab a hold of the tension and make you known in it. Make your love, make your peace, make your kindness known in those tension moments. Lord, we love you, and we praise your name. Amen. Thanks for joining us at church this week. And a special thanks to all those who continue to support our mission through your generosity. You too can support our mission to reach, grow, and serve our community by giving on the website or through the app. To make sure you never miss out on a message, be sure to subscribe. And don't forget to hit that share button to spread the word. Have a great week.